you missed something very special. And uh, we had a powerful move of God at the conclusion of the message. Uh, there was a visitation of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you something. I, that's, that's what I love is a visitation of the Spirit. Praise God. We have a visitation of the Holy Ghost. Uh, man, there ain't much left. And I love it when the Holy Ghost moves in and uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, comes down in a mighty way like it did today. And uh, praise God. I, uh, I felt like uh, God started dealing with me a few days ago about my Bible message for tonight and uh, I will do my best to be brief I know that all the times uh, we're all always in a hurry everybody's in a hurry everybody everybody look it can be the youngest person or it can be the oldest person it don't matter we're all in a hurry and uh Everybody's got places to go and things to do and uh, important situations that they're dealing with. But uh, I believe that God wants us to set aside a time where we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I believe this is a good moment, a good day, a good time for us to just settle down and hear the word of the Lord. Praise God. I, I want to talk tonight about uh, a subject that is so important. I'm going to preach about mercy, 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 mercy. I don't know if we can get enough talk about mercy. Praise God. I want to take your attention to 2 Peter chapter number 3 and uh, verse number 8. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Uh, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Don't be ignorant about this thing. I'm going to tell you, I could preach right there. Just don't be ignorant. That'd be a good sermon for somebody to preach one day. Don't be ignorant. Especially of this one thing that one day with the Lord. As a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. That kind of shows you how important your time is right now. Mr. Busy, I'm talking to you. Miss Busy, I'm talking to you. Slow down. Smell the roses while you're living. Look at life. Enjoy life. Sister Natasha, I'm trying to help your business. Smell the roses while you're living. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. It's just the Bible. Don't get nervous. But all this stuff you're working for, all of this stuff that you're selling your soul for, God, help me preach tonight. Kind of brings it into perspective. Listen, this is what's important, what's going on here tonight. This is important, what is going on here tonight. We're talking about eternal things, things that are not going to pass away. Like your soul, your soul. The soul of a man is eternal. When you finally get to that final resting place, it's going to be forever. And we don't even know how to comprehend. You can be seated because I didn't I didn't learned. I didn't learned. If you want people to like you, let them sit down. So y'all liking me right now. I'm letting y'all sit down. And, 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 and so it, it's important. It's important. This is what is important. This is what's important. The psalmist began to pen the 23rd Psalms. Let's go there, Psalms 23. And I'll just read the whole thing to you. Uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And then he said in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's pretty powerful when the psalmist wrote that. He said, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, I've been thinking about mercy a lot. I've been thinking about mercy. I've been, I've been studying about mercy. Listen, the last few days I have been, I have been on a wild chase study about mercy. Mercy. And, and mercy is a wonderful thing. Let me, let me read you a little bit about uh, mercy. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you that mercy is mentioned 276 times in the Bible. 40 times the word merciful is mentioned. 44 times the word mercies are mentioned. And so it is referred to, uh, let's see, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, 80, 84. Come on, math man, help me. 84 and, uh, and 276. Tell me what that is. 84 and 276. Now, don't stall me because I'm, I'm, I'm in a roll right now. 
360. So 360 times, Siri says, I don't know if you can trust Siri or not. I don't know about all that. But 360 times, the Bible refers to mercy. Evidently, mercy is a very important thing. So I went to the Noah Webster Dictionary, uh, the 1828 version, an old version of the Noah Webster Dictionary. And this is what it says about mercy. Mercy is benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or treat the offender better than he deserves. That's what Noah Webster in the 1828 version of the dictionary said, that it treats the offender better than he deserves. Uh, it tempers justice and, and it, it induces an injured person to forgive trespasses. That's called mercy. It, it causes somebody that has been injured, somebody that's got a physical injury, it causes them to forgive the trespasser of his trespassing. That's mercy. That's mercy. That's mercy. It causes the injured to forgive the injuries that somebody has injected on him. Uh, it causes the injured to forbear punishment. It causes them to inflict less than law or justice will warrant. Other words, it goes above, this is mercy, it goes above and beyond. There is, there is no word in the English language that is synonymous with the word mercy. There is nothing that can equal the word mercy. There is no word to compare to it. And, and this mercy that you and I, the thing, that, the thing which comes the nearest to it is grace. And grace is the next thing to mercy. But grace doesn't go to the extremes that mercy goes to. Grace doesn't do as much for us as mercy does for us. And so it becomes very clear, it becomes very evident that the only thing that can have mercy like I am talking about tonight, it can only be attributed to a supreme being. And I'm preaching about a God of mercy. I'm preaching about a God of kindness. I'm preaching about a God that has so saturated us with so much mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. There's not one of us would be sitting here tonight if it was not for the mercy of God. There is not one of us would ever have the uh, opportunity to walk into an environment like we're walking in tonight if it wasn't for the Christ of Calvary. If it wasn't for a God that said, listen, uh, my world is in trouble my world has got problems. And my God looked at all of the millions and millions and millions of gallons of blood that was being spilled 
huddled on the ground trying to do something as an atonement for the sins of mankind. But there was nothing that could do it. But God Almighty had a plan. And God robed himself in flesh and came to offer himself as a supreme sacrifice for the sins of mankind. And brother, let me tell you, you see that cross on that that projection right there? That's what it was that turned my world around. That's what it was that turned your world around. It was the mercy of a God Almighty who robed himself in flesh. And he came and offered himself as a supreme sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Thank God for your mercy. 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 It was your mercy that caused me to have clemency. It was your mercy that caused me to be pardoned for all of my foolishness and all of my wickedness. Listen, I've come to tell you if it wasn't if it wasn't for Calvary, if it wasn't for the shed blood of Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for that shed blood, I would not have the privilege to be here tonight. I would not have the benefit to stand in front of a congregation. I'm thankful for his mercy. When I sinned, when I done wrong, when I dropped the ball, when I fell down, and I, I, I was looking up to see bottom. I felt mercy. There was mercy come running. And mercy picked me up and put me back on the street and the narrow pathway. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. And David began to write about goodness and he said, he goes on and he talks about the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he said in verse 4, yes, there's going to come a day, there's going to come a time that I'm going through, I'm going through. I'm go Everybody say through. I'm going through. I'm not going to live there, but I'm going to travel through through some difficult times. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. But I've got to tell you something, Lord. You're my shepherd. I'm going to fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And as I go through that valley of the shadow of death, thou hast prepared a table before me. I'm coming out of the valley. I'm climbing up the mountain. But when I get to the top of the mountain, he's got a table prepared for me. And all of my naysayers and all of those that didn't think I could make it, they're going to get to sit down and watch me enjoy all of my special and favorite foods because God has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Look at it, Job's comforters. I may be going through a trial. But this trial ain't going to last forever. I'm going to come out on the other side of this. And when I get on the other side, I'm going to be on top of the mountain. And I'm going to have a victory report. I don't care what you're going through. It don't last forever. Every trial, every valley is temporary. It don't last for always. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. 
He's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's anointed our head with oil. My cup, it ain't a dry cup. He just keeps filling it up. He gets me into an overflow. Thank God when I come out of the valley, I'm going to be in a place of an overflow. I'm going to be in a place where I got more than just enough. I'm doing more. I feel like preaching to somebody. You've been through some troubled hours. You've been through some troubled times. You've been through some difficulties. But I've got good news for you. It don't last forever. On the other side of the valley, there's going to be a mountain and things are going to be better. And you're, oh, God's going to help you. God's going to see you through. Hallelujah. You can be seated. David said, it's hard to imagine. He went through the valley of the shadow of death. He felt fear. He felt anxiety. He felt depression. It looked like the days were over. The days of good time. But he walked through the valley. You've got to keep going through the valley. You got, Brother Levi, I feel like preaching to you. You got to keep going. It ain't time to quit. It ain't time to stop. It ain't time to give up. We all live in valleys. We all go through problems. We all have adversity. I've been through those valleys that was so long. Brother Cook, it didn't look like it ever end. But guess what God done for me? He not only brought me out of the valley, but he prepared a banquet with all of my favorite foods. And I got a lot of them. Hey, but he knew every one of them. He knew just what I liked. But guess what else he had? He had all of my enemies, all of my naysayers, all of those that doubted me, all of those that said it can't happen. God said it can happen. If you'll hold on long enough, the day's going to change. The, the landscape is going to change. This ain't going to always come consist of the valley of death. I was, I preached from this at a conference several years back and I was doing an in-depth study. I don't have any of this in my notes. I'm preaching it by memory. But I, I, I've done a very in-depth study of, of, of there is a literal place called the valley of of the shadow of death. And it is, it is got a narrow, narrow path through it. It has, it has intimidating sights. It is, it is close to the edge of a cliff. And if you take one step wrong, you can fall to your death. And, and there's spots that it's just wide enough for a human being to get through. And that was the way they described the valley of the shadow of death. But listen, God, he, listen, let me tell you something. It wouldn't have mattered if there wasn't enough room for one person to get through that valley. If God put it in front of you, that just meant he's going to make a way for you to escape. Because in everything that we're doing, in everything that we do in life, honey, I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter what kind of opposition that you're facing. In the planning of that valley, God incorporated a way of escape. And you're not going to surprise God 
when your head pops up out of that valley, God saying, I knew you could do it. I was watching over you. You had my rod and you had my staff and I never left you. I was your comforter through everything you went through. I was there. I may have been in the presence of a rod. I may have been in the presence of a staff, but I never left you alone. When he come out on the other side, the table was prepared. It was a royal banquet that was set up. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. It had things of refreshing. It had foods of strength. It, listen, listen, when God prepares the table, Sister Vanity, I'm thinking about those 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 things uh, you got a name for them those those you you bring those wood things in my office and and they have all of this beautiful 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 food and I don't think you've ever brought one and set it in my office that I didn't think about thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies God's got it fixed God's got it worked out God listen God knows where you're where you're at <laughs> it don't matter if you drop off of the end of the earth you can't you can't escape God God's got an all seeing eye he goes wherever you're at and then he said this the psalmist I got to get on to my message I, I, I've been chasing a rabbit right there but I'm telling you it felt good chasing that rabbit praise God surely surely Go to verse 6, verse 6 of the 23rd Psalm. Surely, surely goodness and mercy. Listen, David, David knew what it was like. He knew more than he needed anything. He knew that mercy was important to God. It's mentioned 360 times or more in the Bible. 360 times he tells us about his mercy, that he's going to treat the offender better than we deserve. When we offend God, God's got mercy. God says, I understand. I wish you wouldn't have done it. I'm not giving you a license to be rebellious, but you've done it, and I'm going to extend my mercy. David said this, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But everything's got some fine print to it. If I'm going to have goodness and mercy, it's going to require commitment out of me. Some of y'all just got off the bus. How's doing good preaching about that mercy? I'm still preaching about mercy. I'm just trying to tell you how to keep it. If you want to keep the mercy, you got to fulfill your commitment. He said, I. Man, I read this. I read this. I've, I've preached from the 23rd Psalms probably 100 times in my life. And I've read it over and over and over. I've preached it. I, I, I've read it and preached it at funerals. But I've seen something today I ain't never seen. David goes through all of this stuff about the valley of the shadow of death. He goes through this about mercy dwelling, mercy following me all the days of my life. I believe that we can get that guaranteed blessed assurance. But we've got to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You got to make a connection. God help me preach this part of it. You got to make a connection in the Holy Ghost. You got you you got to make a commitment 
in the Holy Ghost. God, I need your mercy every day of my life. I need you to help me every day of my life. I need you to dwell with me every day of my life. But if I'm going to have that kind of assurance that your mercy is going to follow me every day, I've got to learn to dwell in the house of God. I've got to learn to keep my mind focused on the house of God. Mercy, mercy, mercy is so important because you're going to mess up after a while, brother, and you're going to need God. You're going to mess up, and you're going to need the help of the Holy Ghost. You're going to mess up, but if you're going to, if you're going to have mercy dwelling with you all the days of your life, You've got to dwell in the house of the Lord. Man, I've heard all kinds of stories about mercy being, helping people out of situations. But I'm going to tell you, that kind of mercy only goes so far. That kind of mercy only lasts so long. Hey, I made up my mind. I'm going to dwell in this house of the Lord. This 6600 South 33rd West Avenue is a special place to me. This is where I'm going to dwell. This is where I'm going to be on Sunday night. This is where I'm going to be on Sunday morning. This is where I'm going to be on Tuesday night. Hey, if you want mercy protecting, oh Lord help us. If you want mercy protecting you, make some commitment to God. David, David, he said, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He had a, he had a revelation of this. If I give it all to God, if I turn it over to him, and I trust him and depend on him every day of my life, he come to understand that that, that, that he'll, he'll lead me to green pastures. He'll lead me to where there's peaceful waters. He'll lead me where there's, there's enough green grass to replenish and restore my soul. He'll lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yeah, the day's going to come. I'm going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm telling you, I've been living for God. I've been dotting the I's. I've been crossing the T's. I've been storing up. I've been storing it up. I've been living right. I've been doing right. And, and God is going to see me through to the other side. And yea, though I walk. He's got the table prepared. But I've made a commitment. God, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. But I will dwell in the house of God. See, it don't matter what your location is. It don't matter where you're at. God knows where you've been. God knows, oh God help us. God knows your past history. God knows where you're going to come running when you fall and you, 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 you scratch your knee. And, and God knows where you're going to come. This is, this is where my heart is. This, is. this is where my treasure is. Because where my treasure is, that's where my heart's going to be also. You put your tre- listen, listen. You put your treasure in the house of God, and guess where your heart's going to be? It's going to be right here where you're putting your treasure. If you're not putting no treasure in here, your heart ain't here. If you ain't putting your treasure in here, your heart ain't here. Listen, you don't you don't have a problem paying your tithing and giving offerings if your heart's in this. 
you don't have a problem with it because you you you've got the revelation about you've got the revelation about heaven you've got the understanding about giving of your substance you've got the understanding about the blessings of God and you don't have a problem with all of that if your heart's in it you got you you're going to you're going to put you're going to put your heart wherever your treasure is now, if you've got your treasure in earthen vessels, if you've got your treasures in automobiles, if you've got your treasures in stocks and, and, and homes, and, and if, that's, if that's your chief treasure, well, well, well. Pray, hey, hey, I ain't finished. Don't y'all worry. I ain't near about done. But I'm going to tell you something. This mercy... This mercy, because we all need the mercy of God. We all, we all are going to find ourselves needing God's mercy. We're going to find ourselves in a place where we need God to help us. We're going to find ourselves in a place. Listen, it's not the will of God that any should perish, but it's the will of God that 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 we all that we all be saved. It's the will of God. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering uh, usward and will not, will not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's a, he is a patient God. He's a God of kindness. And he just keeps extending mercy. He keeps offering mercy. You fail. You've done wrong. But I'm going to extend my mercy to you again. Because it's not my... God don't want to send you to hell. God does not want to watch you burn in the flames of hell. As a matter of fact, we're given the example in the book of Luke about the rich man when he died and went to hell and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham this is symbolic of God seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he started requesting he started requesting that that God would send Lazarus to hell to bring him some water and 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 God Starts reminding him. God starts reminding him. Remember thou in thy lifetime when thou was comforted. And likewise Lazarus was tormented. And, and now, now you're tormented. And now Lazarus is comforted. And he said besides this, Mr. Rich Man, between us and you there is a great gulf. And this is God saying, I can't come to you and you can't come to me. God's not going to go walking through hell laughing at you when you get there. I believe God's got it separated on purpose. God's got it fixed that way on purpose. Because God don't want to walk through hell and watch you suffer through the endless ages of eternity. Hey, that's the way it is. That's not fictional. That's not fictitious. That is the way it is. There's only two places that's prepared for you at the end of life. It's a place called heaven. That's got streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. To me, it's an easy choice. And the other place is hell. It's a place of torment. It's a place where the fire is never quenched. And the Bible says, and the worm dieth not. It's referring to the soul of a man never dies when it gets to hell. You say, well, you're preaching about a God of mercy. I am. I am preaching about a God of mercy because it's not his will that any should perish. He wants you to come to a place of repentance. He wants you to get to a place that you can acknowledge your sin. He wants you to get to the place that you acknowledge that, that hey, I need help. I'm in trouble. 
the mercy, the mercy. I'm preaching to a generation that all we know is the mercy of God. That is all we know. We don't know about this. I wrote this down just a few minutes ago when I was getting ready to preach tonight. And by the way, I was going to preach. It didn't matter if y'all shouted and I had to pull y'all from the lights, pull you off the ceiling. I was going to preach tonight because God gave me a message. There wasn't nothing going to stop me from preaching because I got this and I got to get it off of me. The mercy of God. The mercy of God is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when you can be living in vile sin. You know, God will forgive you of anything but blaspheming. God will forgive you of it. You can be a bank robber. Now, don't nobody go try it and say the preacher said I could get forgiveness. You might get forgiveness, but you're not going to probably get out of trouble if they catch you. And they're probably going to catch you. That's the stories I hear. I don't hear about them getting away with it. Thank God. We'd have so much robbery going on. If you think it's bad now, it could be worse. But God will forgive you. This is, this is, this is the dispensation of mercy. This is, this is a time that we have the opportunity for mercy. 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 When you sin, you do wrong, and you've done wrong a hundred times. God's so merciful. He'll accept you right back into the fold and forgive you and restore you and refresh you. You've got the memory of the past. He don't wipe away the memory, but... But, but, but God gives you a fresh start. Man, they're talking about all this. I, I hear this, the Fresh Start Initiative. And, and I, hear, I hear that advertised on KRMG. Take the Fresh Start Initiative. You, you can get a fresh start. It don't matter where you've messed up. You can get a fresh start. That's the age that we're living in and the mercy that we're living in. I want to take your attention to the Word of God, the book of Proverbs, and I'm fixing to close. Chapter 1, verse 22. Chapter 1, verse 22 says, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. And behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. And I will make known my words unto you. Verse 24. Because I have called and ye have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regard it. But you have said it not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof. This is Solomon writing. He said, you've said it not all of my counsel, and with none of my reproof. Verse 26, he says, I also will laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call on me. Then shall they call on me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, 
but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And they would none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. Brothers and sisters, I come to tell you that the way you keep the mercy of God is stay in the house of God. And don't leave the church. Don't leave the house of God. I'm not talking about literally leaving. I understand you've got to leave to go to work. I understand all that. I'm talking about you got to keep your heart here. you got to keep your mind. Listen, the Bible talks about... The Bible talks about studying the Word of God. Said, said, study it when you get up in the morning. Read it throughout the day. Bind it on the hearts of your uh, your your mind and put it in your spirit. You've got you've got to get it in your heart. This has to be something that you do every day. This has to be something that you do every day. I'm not a part-time Christian. You got to dwell in this all the time. You got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. You got to you got to keep your spirit here. You got to keep your mind right. You got to stay focused. See, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to life. I remember when God started calling me. He called me And I responded. That's how you keep God on your side. When God calls you, you respond. The stipulations for mercy to follow you all the days of your life is going to include a relationship with God. I was a sinner. I was a prodigal. I was in a hog pen of life. And I came to myself. The book of Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Let's start with verse 16, 15. Let's go to verse 15. And he went, verse 14, and when he had, and, and when he had spent all, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And that citizen sent him into the field to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave to him. Verse 17 says, And when he came to himself. Sometimes you've got to go to the hog pen to get your attention. But when I was a sinner and I was in the hog pen, I had to admit most of the discomforts of the hog pens was because of my own foolish choice, my own foolishness and my own craziness had put me in the hog pen. And that's why some of you are where you're at tonight. It's your own choices that's holding you hostage in the hog pen of life. It's it's your own choices. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's, they have bread enough to spare, but I'm perishing with hunger. Verse 18, he said, I will arise. He starts, he starts coming up with a plan. I'm going to rise and I'm going to go to my father's house. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. See, this is the point. You've got to come to yourself and you've got to admit your error. You've got to admit, admit your bad choices and your bad decisions. You've got to admit it. I've made some foolish choices. 
And that's why I'm in the hog pen. That's why I'm bankrupt. That's why I don't have anything to show for anything. He said, I'm going to go back to my daddy. And I'm going to tell him I've done some silly things. I got a question for you tonight. Who's big enough to admit their past failure? Who's big enough to admit it? Listen, let me tell you what I feel tonight. And I'm closing. The book of Revelation. The writer begins to write to the church in Laodicea. And it's kind of an odd scene that has taken place. Let me just start with verse 14. And the angel, chapter 3 and verse 14. And, and the angel, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The angel is writing and said, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I'm rich. Oh God, I'm preaching to some rich people. I'm rich. And I'm increased with goods. If you didn't have so many goods, it wouldn't be so hard to get you to pray tonight. If God shut the water off and you didn't have no water running in your house, you could probably get a little more humble a whole lot quicker. But because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods. This is the Laodicea church. And I have need of nothing. And thou knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's your condition. That's, that's, what, that's what the angel is saying. That's what the spirit is saying. That's what you are. You're poor. You're blind, you're miserable, you're wretched. Verse 18, he said, I counsel of thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Get a hold of something that's real. Get a hold of something that the fire can't consume. Get a hold of something that's real. And the white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and, and, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. You could get your sight back. But you got to get humble. You got to come down off of that high horse. Verse 14, as many as I love. I rebuke and chastise. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Verse 20 is where it always gets me. Behold. Here's God standing. Look, we're, we're claiming God's in here. But now we find in the Laodicea church that behold, I stand at the door and knock. That sounds better. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. The God of mercy is pleading tonight for your attention. The God of mercy. I got a text message this morning. I just woke up. I was getting ready for church. I got a text message. Over at 
Parkview Apartments, there had been another person shot and killed last night. Parkview. It's a mile and a half from here. Parkview Apartments. We run a Sunday school van in Parkview, I guess, every Sunday that rolls around. In the last, I believe, 30 days, if my math is correct, they've had two people shot and killed in Parkview. But I'm preaching to people that is rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. Well, just a mile and a half from our church, they're getting shot in the apartment complexes that we knock doors in. We're rich, God help me. We're increased with goods, and we have need of nothing. And the God of mercy is knocking on our door tonight. And saying, hey, if you'll open the door and let me in, this is the world I created. This is the world I went to Calvary for. But now I'm locked out. You've got the door closed. And I'm just trying to get in your life tonight. I'm just trying to get in your world tonight. He's calling. Are you open to the move of God? Are you turning a deaf ear to the word of God and the ways of God? And the, you know, God sent me to preach tonight. This is what God gave me for the church. Hey, I, I, I'm wanting to see a revival. I'm wanting to see a harvest in our city. I'm wanting to see. I'm wanting to see the blind eyes open, the deaf ears unstopped, and the dead raised. And 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 I want to see cancer people healed of cancer. And 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 I want to see the miraculous events take place. But we've got to have some people that is conscious of the mercy of God and what God does for you on daily basis. We've got to stop. We've got to think. We've got to thank God is merciful. Listen, if it wasn't for the mercy of God, I wouldn't be able to stand in this pulpit. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, you wouldn't be able to be here tonight. And we've got something so valuable. We've got something so real, so powerful, and so genuine. What are we doing with it? We, we've got a gospel that, that can set the captive free. We've got a gospel that can deliver a man of any kind of an addiction. We've got a gospel that can deliver the, the, the most vile drug addict. We've got a gospel that works. There is nothing wrong with our gospel. This gospel is relevant to every generation. This gospel, this message, it, it doesn't need an update. This gospel was not produced by Steve Jobs. Because it don't need continual updates. Seems like every time I turn my phone on, it says update available. And it takes you 30 minutes to download the update. And then 
Then you got a day's work lined up, and 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 I come here yesterday, and and my iPad said I needed to be updated. Well, when you update it, then you then you don't even know how it works. But that's not a that's listen that's that's not this gospel right here. It just continually, it just updates. It updates with every generation. It updates on daily basis. It's 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 continued. It's alive. That's why. Mercy. Let me read it to you again, and I'm closing. You can stand. Mercy. Is very benevolent. It's tender. It's the tenderness of a heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat the offender better than he deserves. Let me tell you, we've been saturated living in the dispensation of mercy. But there's another side of God, and it's the side of judgment. It's not just about Somebody you know peeping over the balconies of heaven and watching you do everything you're doing. That ain't even a biblical fantasy. I'm sorry, but it's not. Because the Bible talks about the dead in Christ are asleep. They're not peeping over the balconies of heaven. My mama died. She's asleep. She was a righteous, godly woman. My daddy died, and he's asleep. He's not watching me. He's resting. He was tired, weary with life. But he's resting until the trumpet sounds for that great getting up morning. That's what the Bible says about the dead in Christ. tell you something there's another side to God and it's not where those saints of God are sleeping in paradise that's where that's where the rich man seen Lazarus in Abraham's bosom that's symbolic of paradise The rich man was in hell. He wasn't asleep. When you draw your last breath and you're not ready to meet God, the Bible says the rich man was buried. And the Bible says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, bid in torment. Hell is the holding place for the wicked and the unrighteous. That's where hell is. It's just a holding place. And then you're going to be judged. And then you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. That's the other side of mercy. Only two places. If you're sitting here today and you're 
are standing here tonight and you're contemplating suicide, that's not a shortcut either. Because then you're a murderer. You've taken your own life. It's not a shortcut. Don't come tell me about a suicide victim peeping over the balconies of heaven because you believe in a fairy tale. It ain't like that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Anybody want to challenge me for a debate? Just see me after church. I'll read it to you. I don't preach nothing unless I know it. <laughs> I don't learn better now. But I'm going to tell you something. We know this side of mercy. But we can't imagine what it's like to be on the backside of Calvary where the breath of God never blows and where there's no mercy. merciful to you. Take advantage of the mercies of God. Why don't we spend some time praying tonight? Taking advantage of our mercy. Taking advantage of the opportunity that God's given us. Let's find ourselves a place to pray tonight. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God.